0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. Travel opens the mind. It helps us realize that our worldview isn't the only one, and that around the globe, people live very differently from us. It's a way to forge lasting relationships while learning about ourselves. People with disabilities also want to travel, but... There are barriers in the form of inaccessible hotels and hostels, the complications of traveling on a flight with a guide dog or specialized equipment and attitudinal barriers about the perceived capabilities of travelers with disabilities. But with a little planning and a sense of adventure, it is possible for a traveler with a disability to see the world. Today we discuss accessible travel. It's time to put your finger on The Pulse. Hello, and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Juhita Gupta. Today, we're talking accessible travel with Tarita Davenock, who is the founder and CEO for Travel For All, a company that specializes in accessible travel and destinations for people with disabilities. Tarita, welcome to The Pulse. It's really good to have you with us on the program. Your company was called Travel For All. I thought it might've been called something like accessible travel or maybe, you know, uh, travel for people with disabilities. Why was it so important for you to focus on travel being an inclusive experience?
0: Well, when I was diagnosed with MS,
1: I was only well, 29 years
0: old. And so at that time, I was a, a social worker. So i would always been an avid traveler. So when my neurologist told me to find something less stressful, so I reverted back to my first love which was travel. So the reason that I named the company Travel for All is that it is, we arrange travel to and from global destinations for people who are mobility challenged, have visual impairments, have hearing impairments, have health issues, or they're just seniors who walk slower, don't hear as well, etc. So I wanted it to be inclusive in that we didn't just arrange travel for people who use wheelchairs. We wanted it to be a more inclusive type of travel. So when I was diagnosed and you wanted to book travel, travel agencies would tell you, oh, the best thing for people with disabilities is to take a cruise. And if you ever said, look, I want to go back to my homeland of India, or I want to go visit the Fiji Islands where my family was born, they looked at me and said, we don't do that. You can't go there. And I thought, you know what? Having a mess and having a disability itself takes away so much from me. I didn't think that anybody had a right to tell me where I can and cannot go. So that was the reason for being inclusive is that nobody has the right to tell anyone with a disability, what they can and cannot do. So we arrange travel. I mean, the world is is not yet fully accessible, let's, let's face it. But what we do is if somebody wants to go to any destination, we'll give them the pros and the cons. So that particular destination may not have adapted vehicles or may not have hotels that have accessible rooms. So as long as people know that they're going to be lifted in and out of vehicles, etc., they are quite happy to themselves make that decision. And lots of times they'll say, Yeah, I'm fine with going there. And they understand that there are different things that are going to happen that are not necessarily accessible but they're still keen on traveling and we've not taken away the right for them to choose and that's the inclusive part of what we do and we're very different in that we're one of the only travel agencies that arrange travel for people with all types of disabilities. For somebody that is on the autism spectrum, somebody who has MS, ALS, Parkinson's, spinal cord injury, we do it all and we all have one thing in common and that is the fact that it's a bit scary to plan travel when you have a disability and you want to ensure that when you arrive at that destination, they put you into a room that does have what you require, that the doors are wide enough for your wheelchair, whether it be mobility impairment, that there is uh, some th- things in place, let's say if you are visually impaired, um, that there are facilities at this particular location to accommodate you, or hearing impaired, etc. We make sure that we vet every single place that you're going to. And we do that by we have over a thousand suppliers around the world. And they help us to actually customize holidays for people of all abilities. And so that's, that's sort of how it all started.
1: You went from being a social worker to starting to work at a travel agency yourself, and eventually you make the decision to open your own company, which is what we're talking about today. When and why did you make that decision?
0: It was 15 years ago, and I made that decision because of the fact that when I looked, just even in Canada, in our own country, there was really no one who was doing what we do. I was absolutely dumbfounded. And then when I looked in the U.S., there was a few companies, but those companies also focused on either being one type of disability, they didn't, they weren't inclusive. And so uh, that's when I realized, you know what, this is something that is absolutely necessary. Everyone should have the right to go where they'd like to go, when they'd like to go, and with whom they'd like to go. And that was the, one of the big reasons for me to start my own company was that, I knew that this particular demographic was completely untapped and underserviced.
1: What do you think about the companies that have a model where they have a traveler with a disability, could be a visual impairment, could be anything really, and they pair that person with a sighted person or non-disabled traveler to try and mitigate some of the obstacles and the barriers that come up while traveling with a disability. Is that a model that appeals to you or do you feel that that model in some senses takes away from the independence of a person with a disability?
0: I I think that that particular model can be expensive and I don't think it's fair that the person that has the disability pays a lot more money than the person who is basically traveling, escorting them on this tour. It makes more sense to me. We have our suppliers around the world. They will ensure that they have someone on their team who will be escorting the traveler to wherever it is that they're going. I don't think that it is, once again, we're making that decision for the traveler. We are also charging them more money. If it's something where they are being hosted by the company, then absolutely, that makes total sense. It's not something, if you're visually impaired, there's really no way that you can tackle a tour of Machu Picchu on your own. You're going to need to have someone who you can rely on to make sure that that trip is going to be safe and is going to really meet your ability. So what you need to have done for that trip to be successful.
1: All right, Machu Picchu, it just so happens that that is one of the travel destinations I would like to visit. Let's say hypothetically, I were to give you a call and say, hi, I'd like to visit Machu Picchu and I'm visually impaired. What happens next?
0: What we do is we ask you, we have the first step is we send off a client profile. And we ask you to complete that to the best of your ability. And if you are blind, you're going to, of course, need some help, and we will help you fill out that form. So we'll ask you the questions as far as when you want to go, how many people are going to go, what your budget is, where you would like to go, of course, you said that to you, and so how long you'd like to go away for. And then we have kind of a base point to, to start. So then we'll talk to our suppliers, and many of our suppliers, even though they are really focusing on mobility challenge, they also have become inclusive, where they also make travel plans for people who are blind or hearing impaired. So we would start off with that client profile. Once we have all the information of when and how much you wanna spend, what you like to do, if you want to do something, you know, a little bit more um, adventures, like oh gosh, zip lining, which lots of people do, we would make sure that we put different things into your itinerary to make it work for you.
1: Here's a, a question. I don't want to seem antisocial, but often when I've traveled, in fact, the only way I've conceived of traveling is with. A companion, which isn't a bad thing. I I don't at all advocate traveling alone. If you have someone to travel with and share those experiences, with. but but let's say again, I wanted to travel independently, and I'm a person with a disability. Could a company like yours help to accomplish that? If there was a person with a disability who lived alone or just wanted to experience traveling alone, which is something that a lot of people without disabilities do, you know, in a gap year from university, for example, could your company assist with that?
0: Absolutely, and. Yet the face fact that I mean I know myself, I like to travel alone, but it's not feasible for me using a realtor when I travel. I need to have somebody with me. So whether or not that is someone that I choose to take, or someone that we arrange to accompany you, we we've done that. For, we've had a young fellow from Australia wanted to visit Ireland, and his mom said, you know what, he's on the autism spectrum. He's fairly bright, but he really needs to have somebody with him the entire time. Not to, I think, encumber him, but to enhance the trip for him, to make sure that everything that needed to be done was done for him. So if you want to travel solo, and you are visually impaired, and you want to good to match for I would tell you my best advice to you would be, you know what, if that's something that you want to do and you just want to have the tour and do it on your own, I would, in my honest opinion, tell you, A, it's not safe, B, it's going to be a much, much better experience for you. If you have someone there telling you where you are what you're smelling what giving you some idea of what's happening around your surroundings i that's my opinion and that would be what i would advise and i think that it's um it's it's great to travel solo but when you're at destination you may want to have somebody with you to tell you what's going on where you are and uh, what you're smelling, what you're touching Uh, There's lots of tactile tours. Uh, So there's all kinds of things like that that we want to make sure that we make available to you.
1: I'm Jyotha Gupta. and my guest today is Tarita Davenok, who is the founder and CEO for Travel For All, a company that specializes in accessible travel destinations for people with disabilities. So Tarita, I'm not going to bore you with too many travel anecdotes, but one of the things that's happened to me, and I think other travelers fairly consistently, is showing up somewhere and finding the flight is delayed or canceled, being shunted off to a hotel that I've never been to before. I have no guarantees whether the hotel suite is accessible, but I have to spend the night there because I don't have a plane to catch. What do you suggest travelers with disabilities do when the best laid plans don't seem to work out for reasons that are completely out of our control.
0: You know, first thing in telegraphy tell everybody is take a deep breath. When we're, for instance, when we're booking a flight, we talk to the actual department of the airlines that deals with people who have various disabilities. So we'll let them know all about what the disability is. So the airline already knows, look, this traveler is blind. Or the traveler is hearing impaired this traveler uses a wheelchair whatever the case may be so if something like that happens we are usually notified by the airline or we tell the client phone us we will assist you if that hotel like you say is not really going to work for you we will talk to the airlines and find something that is going to work for you the airline is it has to really try to accommodate you, especially now that Canada finally, like a year double almost two years ago, has a law in place for people, Canadians with disabilities. Although it's not perfect yet, it does ensure that, that you're accommodated. And it's the same thing in the US. So there has to be accommodation. So we will make sure that you are
1: accommodated based on your requirements. Unsurprisingly, being a person with a disability, I do like to have an itinerary and travel with as much research done ahead of time just to make sure there are no unforeseen problems. My husband, on the other hand, believes in spontaneity, that you should keep yourself open to new experiences. And I don't discount that in theory, but how does a person with a disability embrace spontaneity in travel and open themselves up to trying things that they didn't even know were a possibility? Um, while also dealing with the fact that those spontaneous experiences may not always be inclusive of them as a person with a disability.
0: You know, it's it so true. with the news here, you can watch like the best travel deals and you watch them and you think, oh my gosh, Mexico for five ninety nine, dollars And you think, oh, I'd love to go, that's perfect. But that deal probably is not for an accessible room at the resort that resort probably is not all that accessible, meaning that there are stairs to get into the resort, whatever the case may be. So spontaneous travel is for, really works better when you don't have a disability. For those of us that do have a disability, the spontaneity would be trying something different, like I just said, like zip lining in Peru. Uh, That is spontaneous, or if you're bungee jumping, or you're doing something different, if you want to, we've had people climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and they are, with a spinal cord injury, we've had people who are visually impaired climb Mount Kilimanjaro with assistance, and it's unfortunately one of the things that we have to deal with is the fact that we have to plan. And if our travel companion does not like to plan, well that's that's up to them. But for us and for our safety, security and lack of stress, when I mean, who wants to be stressed out on a holiday thinking, Oh my gosh, this is not working for me, there's stairs to climb, there's really no place here that is embracing or accommodating what I need. Start a holiday. So I think you have to push your husband a little bit to say, look, it's great that you want to be spontaneous. So our spontaneity is going to be that we're to plan going to a place that we never thought we would ever go to. Um, like Nepal, you know, Venice, doing a gondola ride in Venice. All these different things that, you know what, spontaneity can be just deciding to go somewhere that you've never gone before that's my name yes
1: it's a good it's a good point and you know i think about if i can offer you the analogy um when i first got a scanner with the scanning software as a person who's visually impaired suddenly i was so empowered because i could go to a library pick up any book off the shelf i mean any book off the shelf scan it and it would be accessible do you think that as uh, stakeholders in the travel industry Maybe needing to grapple with the fact that more people are getting older. There is probably more demand with these older, you know, with older Canadians and older travelers with disposable income. Maybe there needs to be a bigger conversation about making sure that facilities like hotels and tours and airlines are trying to be as inclusive as possible, so that if that five ninety nine Mexico trip comes up and my manager is saying, "Come on, Julie, you need to take some vacation," um, that I can I can take that opportunity without worrying about the accessibility because the big a conversation is that travel should be accessible to everybody regardless of ability and we need to build that into the environment. What do you think?
0: You know, I actually am on so many committees. I'm on a committee with Destination Canada. I am locally with my local city where I am. I'm on a committee trying to make the city more accessible, but it's Within the travel industry, there actually is a lack of understanding. When you take a travel course, I think, and I've never taken a travel course, but I've been told that you spend about an hour or two talking about this demographic. And so they come out of this course doing every single airport code, but they have no idea how to plan travel really successfully. I think it's frustrating, Like when I phone up major airlines and I'm talking to them, I'm saying, look, I have this person who uses a wheelchair when they travel. And so the language you get back is, is this person wheelchair bound? And I remember thinking to myself, well, they're not tied to this wheelchair, they're not wrapped around in a string. No, they're not bound to it. But it's that terminology, it's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of knowing how to address somebody who has a disability. I mean, somebody who is visually impaired or blind, if you're traveling with someone and the hotel wants to speak to you, it always seems that they totally ignore that person that's blind and they talk to the person that you're traveling with. They'll address that person that does not have a disability instead of talking to you. Same thing, somebody's in a wheelchair, they stand over you and talk to you instead of kneeling down to be on the same level. There's The travel industry is so behind in, in learning this and it is it's something that I think the only way that it's going to happen is by those of us with disabilities stomping our feet or raising our voice or whatever the case may be to say, look, I have money I want to travel. Accommodate me, and our our company sponsors that travel should be inclusive, not exclusive, and that's really what it's about. I've actually created a course that is all about disabilities, and there's a long way to go, but I think that we're getting, we're doing things step by step. When cities are interested in how do I actually make the hotels or parks or whatever it may be accessible. Um destinations like Europe are far, far superior. They are so far ahead of us when it comes to accessibility. You can go to buildings that are much older. They're sort of heritage buildings that have all these stairs to climb. But they've actually built this neat thing where you wheel and that actually the, the thing lifts and there you are on the, you know, proper um, area and, and you didn't have to be carried upstairs. So Canada, I'm just looking at Canada for instance, how many times I've gone to a shopping center, gone to a store because I wanted to buy a friend a birthday gift. And first of all, trying to push the button. It's usually way too high. Trying to push the button so that the door opens. And then and then addressing the issue of getting into the mall. So really in order for things to change, we have to have people who will I'm not going to say fight, but I'm going to say strongly, strongly protest what is happening within the travel industry. And it will happen, It's it, the hotels are the first thing that they look at is the dollar signs. What is it going to cost me to upgrade this hotel and the rooms of this hotel, is it really worth it? Oh, and, and they put their hands up and say, no, forget it. Well, there's a hotel, the hotel chain in Europe. And what they did is they spent money and they upgraded a few hotels and they spent a good chunk of money. They had recouped what they had spent within the year
1: because now
0: you have opened up a whole other market that you had not been using or been able to use. And that in itself is it's huge. The amount of money is trillions of dollars. It's not a little bit of money. It's trillions of dollars that are sitting there waiting to be used by travelers with disabilities. So I say just uh be allowable, be tenacious. That's the only way that things will get done.
1: Thank you so much for being on the program today. It was a real pleasure getting to know you and I'm hopefully very excited to plan plan some traveling with you down the road. Thanks a lot for being with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: That was Tarita Davenock, the founder and CEO for Travel for All, a company that specializes in accessible travel for people with disabilities. If you missed any of our conversation, you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. I'd like to thank Tarita Davenock for being on the program today. The technical producer for The Pulse is Nistreen Abdul-Majeed. And Andy Frank is our manager. Until next time, we will talk to you right here on The Pulse on AMI-audio. Thanks for listening.